Hello, space nerds. Welcome to Raktagino and Root Beer, a Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Michael. On this podcast, we are reviewing every Deep Space Nine episode from the pilot to the finale. It'll be so exciting, it's going to give you umox. Pull up a chair and join in the discussion over some Raktagino and Root Beer. If you would like to contact us, set hailing frequencies to rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Today on the show, we are going to review Season 3, Episodes 9 and 10, Defiant and Fascination. Michael, why don't you start us off by giving us a little bit of a plot synopsis <laughs> okay. of this terrifyingly complex why, episode. Why do, I have, why do I always have the complicated one? Just just give us a, a, a little touch of what the story is okay. about. Alright, here we go. So, we begin on uh, DS9 and Kira is basically overworked and having a nervous breakdown. She snaps at someone. Yeah. And Bashir orders her to take time off. Uh, he takes her into Quark's place, gives her a key to a hollow suite, a drink and everything. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, Commander William Riker is there. And he has a snappy line saying, like, looks like your evening's all planned out, but I, I hope you still have room for the unexpected. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, dun, dun, dun. So they talk away. He charms. He charms Kira as they always do, and uh, and he's basically on holiday there. He just want, you know he's been to DS Nine before, but very briefly, and he also wants to take a tour of the Defiant. So Kira says okay. They go on board the Defiant, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, Riker uh, takes it takes command uh, of the Defiant, seizes it, and takes off. And he's with two uh, Maquis terrorists who refer to him as Tom, not Will Riker. So this is the Thomas Riker from a TNG episode, Second Chances. Uh, long, right, I'll sum this up very, very quickly. Essentially, in the TNG episode, um, eight years previous, uh, William Riker was trying to transport off of a planet, and it had this distortion field, which made it extremely difficult and what happened was the the uh, transporter engineer at the time kind of tried these two separate beams, and one reflected off of the phasing uh, uh, shield, the distortion field, which zapped it back down onto the onto the surface of the planet, called Nirvala Four, which created a second William Riker, a second William T. Riker. So the Enterprise returns to this planet to you know restore data that was that they wanted to collect and and lo and behold there he is so you have two rikers it's it's actually a very good episode about you know uh what could have been in in, in your lifetime because the uh, the second William riker starts up a romance again with deanna troy blah 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 so he uh at the end he decides to pursue his own starfleet career and go by his second name uh thomas riker or tom riker so that is the tom riker that we have in this ds9 episode and he has become uh uh, a Maquis supporter. So he has seized control of the Defiant because they believe that uh, the Cardassians are secretly amassing a fleet of ships to basically, you know, uh, invade uh, uh, Federation space. So he's on this mission and Cisco uh, has to team up with Galdicat and sort of track down this ship before war breaks out between the Cardassians and the Federation. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so as Sisko and Galdicat are figuring this out, there's an Obsidian Order observer who's monitoring this, and it becomes revealed that the Obsidian Order, 
who uh, are forbidden from actually having military vessels, uh, they're behind this secret fleet, and that's why the Observer's there. So you have this interesting showdown between Central Command and the Obsidian Order, and Starfleet uh, trying to get the Defiant back. Uh, eventually they, they track down the ship, they prevent the war, and they come up with a deal where Thomas Riker will have to go to prison for life. Uh, and the data that the ship has scanned, like they've scanned the, the Obsidian Order secret fleet, um, that data will come back to the Federation and Central Command will have it as well. And William T. Riker goes, sorry, Thomas Riker goes to jail and everybody else uh, comes back to Federation space. The end. Dun, 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 dun. Oh my gosh. Lovely. Amazing. Uh, you really, uh, you told a tale within a tale there. <laughs> it felt like I was listening to like uh, Don Quixote yeah, or something, you, you know? It was, uh, that was a tough one. There was a, there I'm, ta was... I'm taking a sip of water. I feel like I've been talking for 15 minutes. Okay, while you're having that sip of water, mm. I want you to think about whether you liked this episode or not, or whether you thought um, the complexity overwhelmed it. What do you think? I uh, I enjoyed this episode, actually. Um, there were a few things I liked. I liked that they brought back Tom Riker, because mm -hmm. I, I, I like I went back and I re-watched that TNG episode. I think it's a really good one. And it's interesting that that, that character has become uh, uh, such a such a separate individual from yeah. from uh, William Riker, which is which is interesting to me. And I really loved the uh, getting into the Cardassian division between the politics between Central Command and the Obsidian Order, mm -hmm. and who uh, who's really in control and who knows what's going on. Yeah, and and I did like the mystery about it, and I and I thought it was uh, I thought it was a very good good episode. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, yeah, I was not that excited about it. Um, I at the beginning, it was. I was like, what's going on here? Because it was confusing. Like, mm. why would William T. Riker be there? Yeah. Why would he care about this? He seemed to be acting so strangely. And then I was like, oh, it's Thomas. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I actually don't remember this episode at all from the first time I saw it. So, uh, yeah, it was actually a surprise for me. And I think what you were saying is, is true. This episode had to walk a very fine line between having this character do things that were different than William T. Riker, but mm -hmm. also still be in the same mode of William T. Riker. Like, yeah. you don't want to say that William T. Riker is capable of becoming a mass murderer if he's just, you know, if you just uh, mm -hmm. piss him off the wrong way, you know? Yeah. So they had to they had to walk a fine line, mm -hmm. and Kira really worked her, like, um, shouting angry argument Matt. <laughs> I during all those showdowns between Kira and uh, Tom Riker, I'm like, why are you letting her on the bridge shout at you I know. in the middle of this? Just like, I know she caused trouble before. She's you know. You um, want to keep an eye on her, but keep why an eye keep on her? her? But yeah, you I, can like put a gag on her. I don't know. So uh, she's not shouting or something. Shouting at you? Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of things that were you were kind of supposed to suspend disbelief. Sure. Because. Otherwise, the plot was just, like, like why would they let Cisco into the Central Command uh, command post for the military there? Mm. And they're like, after he arrives, they're like, okay, guys, don't show anything sensitive. <laughs> like, why would they do that? That seems so weird. Yeah. And, and just things like, I think the Cardassians would have asked for a much more 
beneficial to their side agreement at the end. Like, mm. like I, I don't see why they would agree to letting uh, Thomas survive. They mm. would just kill him. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the negotiation didn't quite make sense. I mean, yeah. you have the most powerful warship, or the only warship, presumably, in, yeah. in Starfleet, like attacking uh, Cardassian ships and outposts. Yeah, wouldn't they sort of say like maybe we're gonna keep the Defiant? Mm. Like why would they just go? Oh, sure, you take your yeah. your warship back. It's like oh, it has a cloaking device. Oh, that's okay. Just just take it back. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like there were those issues that were preventing me from go from just mm. getting into the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's absolutely hilarious that. To show the difference in character between <laughs> William T. Riker um, and Thomas, yeah. he peels off part of his beard <laughs> to reveal a goatee. Yeah, well, as we know, with the Mirror Universe Spock, goatee signifies evil. So. <laughs> <laughs> I felt he should have been a little bit more evil, actually. Yeah. I, 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 and I do get the sense that that uh, Deep Space Nine, it's probably a um, decision at the producer level to, to introduce TNG characters. Um like we'll see in the following episode as well, to kind of keep the TNG fans watching Deep Space Nine. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I still I still really like that they brought back Tom Riker. And, yeah, and, I guess. And he's, and he's also charming. He charmed Kira. Yeah, he did charm Kira. The kiss at the end felt very random. Mm. Felt like, it felt like a little bit of like an assault, because she didn't seem like she was like, yeah, you've been... You've been yeah. turning me on with your uh, wayward ways in this episode. Yeah, no, I wonder so. what Braille thinks of that, too. Yeah. And you can tell that there was too much in this episode, because they didn't have... There was no denouement. There was no, like, resolution scene where, like, after everything's happened, they discuss what happened, you know? Mm-hmm. I, li- I liked how he um, how he dealt with Miles O'Brien on The Defiant, where... Because he, he, you know, he just says, like, I'm not going to talk to you, and you know what you did. Yeah. Like, that's the, be- that's the best response, is just sort of, you, you know, know, hide the fact that you're not, <laughs> you're not William Riker. Yeah. You know what you did. And in retrospect, like, some other moments, um, he kind of deals with it well, like, Dax mm. saying, don't you remember I lent you some latinum? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, that whole night was a blur, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. So, so there, I guess there was, there was some night set up there i i have to say the beginning was goofball but enjoyably goofball where kira you know she's just stressed out at work yeah she's stressed you know she's like all of us you know (laughs) we can connect with her we've all had that time when there's except we don't have a bashir ordering us to take a vacation that would be very nice but like yeah we all have those times when the borellians just keep wanting to dock at our space station and we're just we're ready to pull our <laughs> our Vidal Sassoon hair out by the roots Don't, did, didn't they give her like one of those Jim Jam sticks yeah or what are they called Jim Jam yeah the the, the, <laughs> the Jim Jam sticks the ju- those Jim Jazz those keep making a comeback and I they're like disgusting that. like yeah. they do not look appealing in any way you know what they look like they look like those fruit uh lollipops or those frozen fruit popsicle yeah. things oh totally you know? yeah i don't know who 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 goes i'm really looking forward to that well we know someone does who i eat it in the morning is it miles who eats it miles in the o'brien likes them yeah <laughs> is it bejoran because it to me yeah. it's like that health conscious hippie bejoran lifestyle that they would like the the frozen fruit popsicles. <laughs> it's frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt, yeah. I think that's what it is. Uh, but before we move on, I also want to mention that Kira's breaking point is when Bashir asks for a runabout. 
And I guess I guess it's been building up for a while because they've been giving out runabouts yeah. left, right, and center. Yeah. But at this point, she's like, "No, no more runabouts! No runabouts for you!" Yeah. And that's when that was too far for Bashir. I I love the uh, Obsidian Order actor who who plays her. I'm not sure her, who she is, but she has the creepiest smile. Oh yeah, yeah. And especially when she leaves at the end, where. Yeah, uh, Galdi Cat's like, wait a sec, like, you're not supposed to have these warships, and she just smiles at him, and then walks, <laughs> and then, like, backs out, backs out of the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that was kind of fun. It was, I, yeah, it, it felt, it felt like everything was done a little clunkily, mm. like, it wasn't done very smoothly, but I, I, I like Galdi Cat. I like when he's yelling at people and getting confused mm. and looking angry. Um, yeah, <laughs> I want to go back to Kira. So Bashir's mm. uh, prescription for Kira is he gives her five things. One is like some juice. Yeah. Uh, some, another one is like some crackers. <laughs> and then there's the Jumjar stick. Yeah. And hollow sweet. And then which some, she hate, which we know that she doesn't like the yeah. hollow sweet. And yeah. then some gambling chips. And I'm like, mm. this is the extent mm-hmm. of ways that people can relax in the 21st century like what <laughs> are, are there not others isn't there like take this like i don't know hologram brain pill or something yeah. and float away on some bubbles like Ooh, that sounds nice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow i don't know but like i don't know it just seems like <laughs> yeah he says choose two of them he she could choose two one would be the juice and the crackers and then she's done I, I think more realistically in the future, they would inject her with something that would calm her down so that she can continue working <laughs> like 24 hours a day. Yeah, exactly. That, that would be realistic. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you don't have enough stimulant in your body. That's your problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, uh, the, the Obsidian Order stuff was good. It was nice to find out that that whole line about... The Obsidian Order mm. and it's the military are two separate organizations and yeah. they neither of them have authority over one another, but they're technically report to uh, the civilian authorities. Mm-hmm. And but theoretically, the civilian authorities don't really have any control over them either. They no. just manage their own affairs. No. And 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 Cisco's like, this is an absolutely absurd way of organizing yourself and. And Golden Cat's like, well, it's worked for two thousand years. I think so. it was it was five hundred years. Five hundred years. So, yeah. yeah, but that's and that's interesting too. We're getting to to understand that this is how long Kurt maybe they've been in space for five hundred years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, um, there was also that moment where uh, Cisco tries to connect with Golden Cat about um, their children, mm-hmm. and then Golden Cat just like shuts him down. He's like. We are not connecting oh, today. That, oh, yeah, that's like, uh, oh, I'm missing my, you know, my child's birthday. or No, what was it? it yeah, was yeah, yeah, my birthday. 11th. Oh, was it a birthday? Yeah. We were yeah. going to go to, oh, like, yeah. basically, like, Disneyland, oh, Cardassian and, and, yeah, Disneyland. And, and, yeah, that must be, is that, like, Paris Disneyland? And, <laughs> and Cisco's like, oh, yeah, I know what that's like. And he's like, oh, yeah, and, and in the future, he will remember how a, how a Federation warship entered Cardassian space and Ruined killed all these people, yeah. And he will hate you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I liked... I mean, this is, I think, at least the second time we've seen that the McKee have been right about uh, about the Cardassians amassing forces and basically breaking the uh, breaking the peace, the peace agreements. Yeah. But we're not sure what they're going to do with those forces. 
No, no. Like, but it's not clear that they're doing it to attack the Maquis. And true, I feel like yeah. there's an implication that that's not what they're going to do because Cisco doesn't go, like, you have to get rid of them. Yeah. he's. They're, they're just like, oh, this is a problem that the... There's obviously something going on in the... And I don't remember this, so mm-hmm. I literally don't remember. There's something going on in the Cardassian government mm-hmm. that we don't... We're only getting glimpses of. Right. And there's something... There's a problem happening, but we don't know. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's... I think that's one of the reasons I, why I like this episode as well. I just... I like the mystery of what's happening in uh, Cardassia. Yeah. And there was... I will say there's a really good part where uh, Kira's talking about the difference between being a terrorist and being like a Starfleet officer. Mm-hmm. And uh, she explicitly describes herself as a terrorist, which she's never done before, as far as I know. Uh, but she's been labeled a terrorist by other people before, mm-hmm. by, particularly by the Cardassians. But she's using it in sort of like a positive way to say that a terrorist is someone who, in her case, is fighting for their homeland. And does whatever they can to hurt the enemy and they don't care they kill indiscriminately yeah they don't care about they're not doing it in a strategic way because they know they're fighting someone who's um so much more powerful than them Mm -hmm. so they just they just try to hurt them as much as possible Mm -hmm. and uh i thought that was interesting that was a nice little uh it was nice to see kira kind of verbalizing you know, some of the negative aspects or what could be viewed as negative aspects of her former career in the resistance mm-hmm. and that she fully understands what she was doing. You know, she wasn't, she wasn't blinded by like love or homeland to say like, Oh, this was a, the, this was, I mean, she probably does think it was the right thing to do, but just that it was, um, yeah, that some people could see a, her, her behavior as really negative. Yeah. And, yeah, I, th- I thought that was good. And he wasn't acting like a terrorist. He was acting like a Starfleet officer. So mm-hmm. that, was a, that was a nice little moment. Do you have any other thoughts on this one? Um... I just want to admit, well, there was some good uh, spaceship blasting each other scenes. Mm-hmm. We're getting blessed with a lot. And I think this is, like, all CGI. I'm not positive. Um, so they're probably, probably at this stage, they've reached a level where they can't they can have more ship fighting they're scenes. They're not bankrupting themselves. Yeah. Um, and so that's fun. I like when they're going... Yeah. That's cool. You know, I want more of that. Um, but the ending was so ridiculous. Like, the negotiations... Mm. Like, Cisco's talking to Galdicott, and the negotiations would take, like, I don't know, like, like maybe two hours or something like that. They do it in, like... Literally the time it takes the Defiant to reach the other Cardassian ships. Like, it's yeah. all happening way too fast. And anyway, those are my problems with it. I just felt it was... Hmm. Had some good ideas. Two crunched together. Yeah. It could have been a two-parter, I think, to be honest. Possibly, yeah. Um, I also... I, I'm going to say it. I am going to say it. Will Riker has never been my favorite Star Trek character. <gasps> what? Yeah, I found him one of the my least favorites. What about Tom Riker? Uh, slightly <laughs> higher. I found. I mean, that episode is super creepy. This Star Trek Next Generation episode. It's it's really good. Yeah, it's, it's to it's, to our listeners, you should go back and watch. I think it's in the second season. No. 
Which which season? It's like is season it? five or something okay. like that. Let's edit that part out. <laughs> but it's uh, it's so creepy. It's such a creepy mm. episode uh, because the and this is I guess the poor fate of Tom. Tom was trapped on that planet for eight years by himself. Went like a little bit cuckoo. And then he he gets off the planet, finds out that there's been like this other version of himself who's been living this amazing yeah. chill life. He's still a lieutenant. His other self is a commander, and then uh, he has to go off onto some other ship, do a bunch of stuff, and then he goes to this adventure, and now he's stuck in a labor camp. Like, yeah, he is kind of the Miles O'Brien version of <laughs> William T. Riker. He's he's just not getting the the luck. Mm. So, but, uh, yeah, Will, William T. Riker was never my favorite. He's just so, I don't know. He's, like a, I'm going to say, it, a bland version of James T. Kirk. I, I'm i not falling for this. I'm not entering into this debate <laughs> with you. I know you're trying to bait me right now. It's not going to work. I'm. We're going to calmly move on to episode 10, season 3, episode 10, Fascination. Matthew, please give a synopsis while I try and calm down. Okay. So in this episode, there's the Bajoran Gratitude Festival. Lexana Troy appears on the station. She's uh, super interested in Oda. Uh, as everyone's celebrating, they all start falling in love. Uh, after a bunch of hijinks, they realize that Lexana Troy is causing it because she's having some sort of midlife crisis virus thing. I don't know, whatever. They fix it and everyone's fine. Why do you get the easy, the easy <laughs> episode? Why? Boop. There we go. We're done. This is like <laughs> this is like the third time in a row. This is not fair. I mean, I could describe all the things that are happening, but it doesn't really matter. And what did you think of this episode? Oh, this was ridiculous. Yeah, I I, I found it really creepy. Oh, totally. Like it's supposed to be funny, but can can I? I know like. Can I just say that the fake kissing between Kira and Bashir was really painful to watch? You know what the weird thing They're is? They're just though? sort of rubbing each other's faces together. And... You know what the weird thing is, though? What? The actors got married soon after this episode. No, they didn't. Yes. They did not. Yes. So there, there is like negative attraction in that scene. <laughs> I know it's weird. It's like weird. I watched it and then I read the trivia and I was like, "What?" And yeah, they're like, they're like rubbing their. I don't know. It they felt were... like somebody was a, pointing a gun at them and demanding that they kiss each other. Yeah, it just. Ugh. It was weird. It was weird. Maybe they were too like they're too attracted to one another to kiss properly. I don't know. Yeah, is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> Um, this whole episode, I am, I am a Loxana Troy apologist, and I have to oh, say I am this too. episode was I am terrible. Too. What did you terrible. think, what did you think of her outfit in the first scene? Well, this scene? was, a, this was a major problem I had with this episode, mm -hmm. was her, her outfits were not on point. <laughs> they were not good. They were a little too, like, heavy mm -hmm. and bulky, you know? Yeah. I want a, I want a consistent color story. I want her to be, like, you know... Like a consistent color story? Yeah, like, yeah. Like Hillary Clinton with the red, white, and blue pantsuit? Exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want her to be dressed in a pantsuit. Okay. Yeah, no, I wasn't that happy with her outfits. And she was just given not... She didn't have much to do. Like, she really tried to do some heavy emotional lifting at, like, the last yeah. three seconds of the episode. And she was doing her best. 
she got she got some emotion in there, mm-hmm. but it was it was. I was reading the notes after, and they were like, you know, we want to have episodes where people are just having fun. Yeah. And I think they also do it for the actors as well, because the actors are like, "Come on, we're I'm tired of saying a bunch of psychobabble or mm-hmm. psych, um, uh, yeah, psychobabbles, <laughs> techno babble." Mm-hmm. And uh, and this one, they just get to like be funny and friendly to one another. Avery Bro- Brooks directed this episode. Yeah. Which Avery he did an okay job. It was okay. He's done better. He's he's, he's, done he's better. directed previous episodes that were really good. This yeah. one not so much. And yeah, just I wasn't that compelled. Mm-hmm. It's when it, we've talked about this before, but whenever they have an episode where everyone goes crazy, and it means that we don't care that much about what's happening because it doesn't have really Im- any impact yeah. later on. In the, the development of that character. It's it, it's a Star Trek episode we've all seen a hundred times before. Exactly, exactly. And we were discussing this beforehand, and you felt it le- resembled some earlier episodes. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt watching this. I was like, didn't they do another Betazoid one where her emotions rub off on other people? And I, I swear I had seen this before in <laughs> TNG, but... Yeah, and it, it's... There's an episode in TNG where... Uh, Luxana Troy, because she's going through midlife, starts to get really uh, aroused and starts um, basically chasing all of the men on mm-hmm. the Enterprise, and they all start hiding in the the holodeck. Um, and and then at the end, the the joke is that she falls in love with a hologram, and yeah, so it's kind of that. That is also kind of ridic- uh, horrible to the character, but this one. Yeah, I mean, there was an episode in TNG where they all got drunk, which was uh, an imitation of an original series episode where they all kind of get drunk and they kind of behave wacky. Yeah. And and there's odd couplings and everything, you know, mm-hmm. the whole Tasha Yar data thing from Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I Okay, I will, I will highlight some things that I did like. I, I, the only times I legitimately laughed were some of the Jake scenes because he just I thought he did a really good job and his lines were really funny about being what is he 16 at this point yeah 16 yeah like a 16 year old uh lusting after a much older woman uh, Major Kira yeah where he's like I love you want to go out on a date I mean that was such a funny line and it's something that a 16 year old kid would say I thought he was really good exactly yeah there were certain people that acted within their character when they were when they were being like when they acted that's an excellent point Matthew when when they were trying to be romantic and it didn't make sense for that character just yeah like Vedic Baral he made no sense Mm -hmm. it was it was totally unclear as to why he would act that way Mm -hmm. uh he didn't seem to act in this he didn't seem to act like he had acted previously ever Mm -hmm. so i was always confused when he was on screen uh kira was actually pretty decent like i whenever she was on screen i was like okay i can kind of relax and not be annoyed at everyone the uh my my actually my favorite scene in this which is the other thing i want to highlight was the first argument that O'Brien and, and Keiko get into. Yeah. Um, and it's it's such a realistic argument that couples get into when they're both trying to accommodate each other and then they just end up driving each other insane. Yeah. It, it was very realistic, played very natural. It, it was a good scene. Yeah. No, and O'Brien and Keiko scenes 
did feel more normal because you knew that you knew that the consequences of their argument would have impacts later on. And I also like the whole idea of two people who are so have been waiting so long for this moment to be together mm-hmm. and they feel so much anxiety about it that they keep ruining it. They can't enjoy it. They yeah. can't enjoy it. And that felt very real. Like mm-hmm. you you know, you always have this sometimes when you have this idea in your head of oh, this is going to be perfect. Everything will go amazingly. And then when you're actually in the moment, you're mm. like, I don't know how to make this perfect. It's just, it's I, I'm, it's going out of control now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I liked their scenes. I liked the moment at the party where she arrived in the red dress. And yeah, it was nice. It was nice. It was cute. There's um, your color story right there. There's my color story. And she looked good. And you know what? I have to say, Kira, in her like, Halston realness in her like space Halston. Um, she look. I liked. I liked her look. She still has her nineties. You know, like Lisa Stansfield. You know, li- little bits of hair <laughs> yeah. pasted on her. Forehead. I want to talk about the hair because we've seen this before. When when she's in a romantic mood, that like yeah. vacation hair that she has. Yeah, she. It's it's literally it, like a Liza Minnelli wig that she just puts on her head. Yeah, it's like when people vacation in the Caribbean, they get braids in their hair. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's like the Kira equivalent. Yeah, exactly. I'm on vacation. <laughs> you always know. You always know that you're in for spicy Kira when she puts the hair on. Uh, Her hair is relaxing. She's relaxed. (laughs) Doesn't look that relaxed. Um, And it seems like the Gratitude Festival is basically like, it's like those uh, episodes of sitcoms like on Friends where the the girlfriends all burn the... um, their boy ex-boyfriend's stuff like that yeah. seems to be the basis of the gratitude festival okay i'm i'm confused on this point it's it's a gratitude festival you're supposed to feel gratitude towards things but the, fe- the but the conceit of the festival is you write down all the things that bother you yeah. and then burn them like <laughs> it seems like a grudge festival yes, it, does. <laughs> it does i liked how um i liked how dax was helping mourn um deal with his oh yeah he has, he has a lot of problems he has a lot of problems on his list uh my my partner jane said that it was like being in quebec city on a weekend <laughs> because, oh totally it's busker fest for, for anybody listening that, that doesn't know what that means it basically means lots of sort of medieval juggling uh, mimes mimes tightrope walkers acrobatics yeah kind of and it's like a very very Quebec hip, hippie thing, which is yeah. very Bajoran as well. Yeah, yeah. It, I think the Bajorans may... <laughs> Bajoran culture may be based on Quebec City, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's, it, you get the feeling that... You get the feeling the entire planet is a bunch of buskers. And, like, maybe <laughs> in the rest of the quadrant, everyone is like, oh, God, it's, it's those goddamn Bajorans again, you know? <laughs> Doing their juggling and their yeah. tightrope walking. Yeah. Oh dear! So, Give them some money so they'll go away. And the yeah, the music, the new agey hippie, it's total, music. It's totally like yeah, nineties new, uh, new mm. age um, world music. Like you know, yeah, like synthesized pan flutes. Like you know, when people are really into like I, the, <laughs> electronic Bolivian music. I think there's the, a lot of cultural appropriation going on <laughs> <laughs> on Bayshore. <laughs> And and of course Luxon is totally down with it. Oh she's yeah, like, she loves so it. So intelligent. Yeah, uh, she did have a good line, Luxana. She um, she said, uh, 
just meeting Odo, she's like, you know, I just came to see if you wanted a shoulder to cry on or a lap to melt into, mm. which was a nice little callback to the previous episode. Did, did you see the the wicker basket that Kira was using to put the scrolls in? It, oh, yeah. it looked like I I've never been in a Pier One, but I imagine that's <laughs> that's the kind of thing that they sell next to the incense candles. Fits perfectly <laughs> with the, with the rest yeah. of the Bajora and stuff, which is why I really like uh, Kira's outfit because normally right. she is dressed in these yeah. completely unattractive looks yeah but this was kind of like it was a little bit of a pantsuit but also kind of had swirling uh skirts on it yeah but it was like sheer so she it was, did it was a good look she, she did look good yeah. I, and um i actually think that like i you know don't want to objectify the women mm. too much on this but kira is a pretty lady mm-hmm. and sometimes um her because they want to make her strong and everything like that they kind of uh, hide some of her prettiness mm-hmm. and it was nice to see it yeah. same with Keiko with wearing that red dress it's like oh yeah you're like you're quite a, a pretty lady mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but yes enough objectification um, I love how Quark is wearing an earring you know he oh, I saw that. salesman yeah. he's like in a, he, he's, he's an totally bought into uh, <laughs> suddenly he's, yeah he's appropriating some there. and uh and selling those latinum pens that you could sign your scrolls with yeah um and i you know it was a good scene when vedic barile punches cisco in the face and cisco is unfazed yeah he's totally unfazed and then dax comes up and like creams barile <laughs> like she uses some klingon up, uh, uppercut or something yeah, that was good that was good i like that and uh yeah i mean at the end i was i was like it's like they all smoked meth you know, <laughs> <laughs> they just smoked mouth. Yeah, they just went nuts. Maybe it was those. Maybe it wasn't uh, Loxana. Maybe it was like the fires were giving off some chemical or something. Maybe. Yeah, maybe they should maybe. check the metal in those. Yeah, uh, I think whenever metals. anyone has a momentary headache on Deep Space Nine or any Star Trek episode, it's an incense candle. <laughs> <laughs> someone was wearing too much scent yeah no it like it's always like whenever they have these episodes where there's a disease going throughout yeah. it's always someone like touches their forehead and goes uh you know <laughs> and you know if ever you see anyone like they, they should have a warning if ever you see anyone yeah. touch their forehead and go uh something bad is happening yeah but anyway it's it's written into the star trek writer's bible <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, in terms of reading the notes, most most people hated this episode. Armin <laughs> Shimmerman, this is his least favorite episode ever. He hates it. Yeah, understandably uh, so. Because, apparently, they were basing it on a Midsummer Night's Dream. What? Yeah, they all watched Midsummer Night's Dream before How? they were writing the script. It had nothing to do with the Midsummer Night's Dream. Just the whole idea of, like... Uh, people being infatuated with another person oh, who's not infatuated with them. Right, that makes sense. But there's no like character swapping or anything. You know? No, no. It was Nobody's just... pretending to be anybody else. And no, it's just like a romp, you know. Yeah. And, and like the whole idea of, you know, there's a uh, like the midsummer, you know, like there's a a moment when everyone gets to mm-hmm. leave their normal selves and try out a new self. Right. Right. Um, and that's I guess what they were going for yeah and but they noted that they were like you know sometimes it worked but most of the time it just didn't Hmm. and I agree I agree 
you know. Does that mean Loxana was Ariel? <laughs> I'm just trying I to suppose. Think, is that what she was supposed to be? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like comedic episodes. I like light episodes. I just I am not a fan of everyone getting a disease that makes them go crazy. No, it's yeah, it's not my favorite Star Trek conceit. No. Well, I, I think I've run out of things to say. <laughs> I just, I don't want any more awkward kissing. That's all I ask. Yeah. Oh, one last thing, too. So, Sis, uh, Jake is broken up with Marta. Mm-hmm. Cisco gives him literally 30 seconds to get <laughs> oh, over yeah. it. And then it's like cramming him out into the, the, the promenade to find some other lady. You yeah. know, like... And, and I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should be more optimistic for Jake, but Marta was... A nice lady. That's, that's all I'm gonna say. She I have to be very careful with what I say right yeah, now. Yeah, she was very intelligent. She was very intelligent. Yeah, and and, uh, and Jake, I don't know, man. That it might be downhill from there. <laughs> might be downhill. <laughs> Anywho, I think that's we've covered everything we needed to say about this episode. Unless you have anything further. No. Um, yeah. So I think uh, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. If you do want to uh, show your support, please do subscribe. and uh, oh, we... or, or give us a, a rating on iTunes if you'd like. Yes. Uh, yeah, please give us a rating. And uh, if you'd like to email us, email us at rrds9podcast at gmail.com. I momentarily forgot our email address. And uh, otherwise, thanks for listening and have a great week. <laughs>